This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. It's the show that's so nice. We do it twice. Episode one, we always hit the Thursday nighter and as many as Sunday one o'clock games as we can. Episode two, we get the rest of them done for you. They're both 25 minutes, bite-sized for you. We appreciate those of you that check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. There's nobody better than our guy Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan on social media. Of course, fantasypoints.com is where you find all of his great content. We even have a discount for you over there. If you use the code 23FEAST, highly recommend that you go ahead and do that. Fantasypoints.com. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. On social media, we are at Ross Tucker Pod. If you want the highlight clips of this show or any other shows, they all also get posted to YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Joe, we left off with the Commanders and the Patriots, episode one. So let's get to the Bears and the Saints. The Bears, we actually do know who their starting quarterback will be, Joe. It'll be Tyson Bajan again. Yep. It will be. And on Sunday night, look, I think you have to understand with Tyson Bajan, you know, he comes out and he's getting this hype and, oh, they, they won the game uh, in in week seven, you know, they come out and they beat the Raiders, they beat the pants off the Raiders, which, you know, um, well, obviously we saw what happened with the Raiders this week. Um, but Tyson Bajan comes out, he gets the win, and then he has to actually make some throws against the Chargers, and he's going to throw a couple of picks at for an undrafted Division II free agent, okay, I think Tyson Bajan deserves a lot of passes. But um, at the very least, he targeted the guys you want him to target. Cole Komet did not get a catch in Week 7. He has 10 against the Chargers. DJ Moore's getting targeted by Tyson Bajan. He gets six targets in that game. So at the very least, you know, Bajan's going to throw the ball to the guys uh, who need to have the ball thrown to them if they're going to have a chance to win a football game. But yet again, in yet another mini trend of this series of podcasts this week, Ross, you're very clearly frustrated by how many teams that like I'm kind of throwing my hands up because we don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be. How about these teams where we've been attacking the waiver wire at running back? You know, I talked about it with Houston. We talked about it with um, with Cleveland. You know, Cleveland. Oh, Jerome Ford has an ankle injury. Pick pick up Cream Hunt, Pierre Strong, Houston. Devin Singletary's coming on, man. Let's go. Uh, Chicago, uh, Deontay Foreman scores three touchdowns two weeks ago. Rashawn Johnson's been in the concussion protocol. Khalil Herbert's on the IR. All right, well, Rashawn Johnson's coming back. They might work him in a little bit. But what the Chicago Bears did in week 
uh, in week eight is they worked in another running back. They worked in Darrington Evans. So they're going with a three-man three man backfield right now. And on a bad offense, it's really hard to trust a three-man backfield for fantasy. If there was one bear in the backfield that I feel like I I feel like Foreman is still the best option because he's the goal line guy, but Rashawn Johnson got four targets and Rashawn Johnson getting four targets um, indicates that maybe they want to get him the more involved going forward. I'm kind of talking myself in circles here, but the Chicago bears are a team that is, is bad on offense, has a rookie quarterback and is now working in three running backs. That is untenable for fantasy, but I know there's people out there who need to start one of these three guys. I feel like, at least for now, Rashawn Johnson's the best long-term bet, but keep in mind that Khalil Herbert is coming off of IR shortly, so it could be yet another disaster with the Bears. Huh. Um, meanwhile, the Saints, Joe, kind of got it going. Yeah, um, Derek Carr is the king of the empty-calorie 300-yard game, but boy, did he have a good one against the Colts. 310 and two touchdowns on just 27 pass attempts. I feel like the Chris Olave big-time game is coming. He is the air yards king of the NFL. And then, of course, he had the play go viral on Twitter this week where he was wide-ass open, and Der- and literally the ball hit him in the head. Like, it hit him in the face. Like, he wasn't looking for the ball. I don't know why he wasn't looking for the ball, but he would still be running if he caught that football. I feel like the Olave big game is coming. Now, of course, the Bears did not trade Jalen Johnson, the cornerback. They did acquire... Montez Sweat um, with a second round pick. I think, Ross, you can, as somebody who watches the trenches, I think you know how good a player Montez Sweat is. So I'm not going to criticize the Bears trade for Sweat the way I did the Chase Claypool trade, but I still am a little unsure of why the Bears, a team that's going to have probably a new coach, a new quarterback next year, are in the business of trading basically late first round picks for, for, for players. But hey, at Ross, you know how good Montez Sweat is. At least Montez Sweat is uh, is a legitimate NFL player, unlike Chase Claypool. Yes, very good player. I'm. I mean, the Bears better get him signed to a long term deal. Uh, yeah, Otherwise, I mean, you have to right? <laughs> they they have to. I mean, but they didn't with Claypool, and they're probably glad they didn't with well, Claypool. Yeah, but see, Montez Sweat is a much more consistent performer than Chase Claypool. You know, he wasn't. I don't think he was a player the Commanders were excited to get rid of. They've just embraced a rebuild. Yeah, I, I don't really understand them getting rid of both. I understand maybe one, training yeah. one DN, but both is a little bit strange to me. Let's talk Colts and the Carolina Panthers, Joe. You know, I still think Bryce Young is going to be a good player. Um, And it was good to see him. I'm not saying he lit the world on fire against the Texans. They put 15 points on the board. He was 22 of 31 for 235 and a touchdown. Um, But his receivers aren't the best. Um, they have no run game right now. Chuba Hubbard has taken over the backfield. The problem is he had 28 rushing yards on 15 attempts. What I'm excited to see, though, in this game is the Indianapolis Colts are like the NFL's dead nuts over team. They play at a ridiculous pace. Um, Gardner Minshew can both light the scoreboard on fire but also uh, turn the ball over with alacrity, which is going to give opportunities to the other teams. Their last three games, Ross, 37-20, 39-38, 38-27. They lost all of those games, but the Colts are doing enough offensively that you feel good about uh, Gardner Minshew as a streamer. You feel good about Michael Pittman and Josh Downs getting their targets. And then, of course, you feel good about the backfield, but 
this backfield was so bizarre last week. In the first half, it looked like Jonathan Taylor was on his way to a complete takeover. Remember in week seven, Jonathan Taylor got every red zone snap for the Indianapolis Colts. After halftime last week, Jonathan Taylor, who had basically 100 yards from scrimmage in the first half, almost 100 yards from scrimmage, has one touch in the second half. It looks like for now, Zach Moss, by the way, came into that game banged up. It looks like for now, the Colts are completely content with protecting their investment in Jonathan Taylor and not giving him the Saquon Barkley 30 carry a game treatment. And that's all I can say about this right now. Hmm. That's so interesting about uh, the Colts being the dead nut over team. Oh, they are. They are lighting the scoreboard on fire the last three weeks. And that, see, Carolina, you view as an under team. You know, they can't, rookie quarterback, what's going to give here this week, Ross? That's that's what I'm interested to see. So, Miles Sanders just, like, over? I think so. I mean, he had, like, 12 snaps last week, two carries for, not like Chuba Hubbard was terribly effective. He had 15 carries for 28 yards, but they're trying for something there. And at least Hubbard got it done, two for 26 as a receiver, no targets for Miles Sanders. Wow. All right, let's move on to the Giants and the Raiders. Looks like the Giants are getting Daniel Jones back, and the Raiders, maybe Aiden O'Connell time, Joe? There's some rumors to that as we record on a Wednesday morning. So it looks like the Raiders could go to Aiden O'Connell. Poor Devontae Adams. I mean, he's being held hostage here. Um, And obviously, the Raiders probably knew they were going to fire their general manager and their coach. So they're not going to let some assistant schlub just trade Devontae Adams, but Devontae Adams, I mean, he's running wide ass open that entire game against the lions. And Jimmy Garoppolo was atrocious in that game. I guess they're going to go to Aiden O'Connell, see what they see, see what they have under new coach, Antonio Pierce, um, see what he can give them. Can Antonio Pierce give them juice? Can Aiden O'Connell give them a little bit of juice? Um, I'm still starting Devontae Adams and um, and Jacoby Myers because I still think Aiden O'Connell will throw the ball to good players. The In his lone start, we saw Aiden O'Connell. Devontae Adams got hurt. He suffered a shoulder injury early in that game. And then in the second half, Aiden O'Connell basically threw him the ball on every play. So if Aiden O'Connell goes, I think you still feel decent about Devontae Adams. But um, just just a team that... I cannot believe we have to watch in primetime again. Uh, This whole thing is coming crumbling down. Um, The Raiders should start trying to position themselves for getting a top draft pick next year, which is why it didn't make sense to me that they didn't trade Devontae Adams. But, uh, you know, I'm not a genius like Mark Davis is. But what about Josh Jacobs in the run game? So he had some decent runs against, obviously, you know, we like when a guy, I like a box score like this when I see from a running back. Josh Jacobs had 61 yards rushing on 15 carries, and his longest run was nine yards. So that meant that he was at least consistently getting chunk yardage. Um, And in this game, we do actually view the Raiders as having an upside. Um, Josh Jacobs is uh, 28th of 39 running backs in yards before carry per attempt. But the Giants, remember, this is a defense that got smoked. They allowed over six yards before contact per attempt to the Dolphins um, uh, uh, in week five, which is really bringing down their trench scores. And remember, though, that the Giants also traded away Leonard Williams. So 
This is going to be a completely different um, Raider offense. I wouldn't be surprised. By the way, they also fired offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. I wouldn't be surprised um, if the Raiders lean on Josh Jacobs in this game with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. Wow. She's going to call the plays. Uh, uh, maybe Aiden O'Connell's going to call the plays. Maybe Devontae Adams will call the plays. Maybe that's why they still have him around. What about Joe the G-Men? Mm. Uh, Daniel Jones is going to start at quarterback. Um, Darren Waller has a hamstring injury. Ross, Darren Waller led the uh, Giants in receiving last week. Did you know that? He left like in the first yards? half. He had, he had four yards. <laughs> Since the start of the 2010 NFL season, which is the last 14 NFL seasons inclusive, only two teams have finished a game with negative net passing yards. One was by the New York Giants in the 2021 season. The other was by the New York Giants last week. Now, neither of those games were started by Daniel Jones. Two years ago, it was Mike Lennon. This year, it was obviously Tyrod Taylor who got hurt. And then Tommy DeVito, you know, funny like a clown, he comes in. Their offense is terrible. They don't trust him to throw the football. Um, now, the hope here for the Giants and their terrible offensive line is they have Andrew Thomas, John Michael Schmitz, Evan Neal, some com- combination of those back to protect against Max Crosby, who is a game wrecker despite the fact that the Lions, uh, excuse me, that the Raiders' defense is not spectacular they have one of the best defensive players in the entire nfl and daniel jones obviously going up against max crosby is not a matchup i feel great about but we don't know who's going to be playing receiver for the giants we just know saquon's going to get the ball a million times in this game um this this game if you watch this one you're a true football lover i'll tell you that much well i'm a true food lover which is why i love me some doordash If you're feeling good about your fantasy draft picks but not sure what to eat, make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. That means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, and so much more delivered straight to your door. Joe, you know how I feel. If I'm going to get food like that, like burgers, wings, I'm going to be drinking some Labatt Blue Lights, whether it's with friends Family, heck, by myself, I don't care. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. We move on, Joe. One of the games of the day. In fact, the next two games are unbelievable games. Let's talk Dallas Cowboys and what these Philadelphia Eagles are doing with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is on. I I know we talked about it last week, but literally A.J. Brown is doing nothing any wide receiver has ever done before. Think about that. You know, I was um, I was 18 during the Terrell Owens, basically tumultuous year and a half in Philadelphia. And people in Philadelphia still talk about that like it was the greatest time ever to be an Eagle fan. And A.J. Brown has just been better than Terrell Owens in that year and a half. Like, A.J. Brown's now a year and a half into his tenure. Obviously, Terrell Owens has en- ended uh, unceremoniously. And A.J. Brown isn't even the leading receiver in the NFL because of how good Tyreek Hill's been this year. But it's really fascinating to watch just a guy who can do everything. 
He's a beast down the field. He's a beast in the short area. He's a beast across the middle. He's a beast on the perimeter. He's great before the catch. He's unbelievable after the catch. He is the un, un, just a ridiculously complete receiver right now. Ross, and the comparison that comes to mind for me with A.J. Brown, I was a little too young to remember this guy's prime. But in just watching his Hall of Fame candidacy develop, um, watching old archive videos, I think A.J. Brown is Sterling Sharp reincarnated. That's kind of how, that how I feel about A.J. Brown. Because when you think of A.J. Brown, if you were to ask the average NFL fan, I think they might say, oh, he's one of those 6'4", 220 guys. Well, he's kind of built like a running back. And so is Sterling Sharp. So, like, these guys are just, I mean, A.J. Brown is just on, on an unbelievable heater right now. And I'm really going off on an A.J. Brown tangent because the Eagles just kind of do what the Eagles do every week, and they throw the ball to their good players. The key here, though, obviously for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is very clearly hobbled. And I'm at least glad we got an answer on why his rushing production hasn't been great. He's obviously a warrior. He threw four touchdowns on a, on a bad left knee. Um, the Eagles are very clearly trying to get Jalen Hurts to the bye week so they can get him some treatment against Dallas. Obviously, this is going to be as big a challenge as he's had in terms of a pass rush. But at the very least, the Eagles' strength aligns with the strength of the Cowboys. The Eagles offensive line versus the Cowboys defensive line and pass rush. So if that Eagles offensive line protects, Jalen Hurts is going to have time to throw and he'll be able to attack this Cowboys team down the field. I have to implore the Eagles, first and foremost, guys, do not tweet at players. Do not tweet tweet at me, tweet at Ross, complain about whatever. No reason to be sending, sending Kenny Gainwell nasty messages on, on Facebook or Instagram or wherever the heck people were sending him messages. Um, but nonetheless, the Eagles' obsession with Kenny Gainwell, I don't get it. The Eagles throw the ball to their good players all the time, and then in the red zone they have to give Kenny Gainwell the ball. Come on, guys. Let's be smarter than that. What about the Cowboys? So the Eagles' defense is really schizophrenic here. Um, I don't, it just speaks to the nature of how much parity is in the NFL. That the Eagles can make the Dolphins look foolish one week and then make Sam Howell look like Joe Theismann the next week. I don't understand it. Um, but Howell's played two great games against the Eagles. He's gotten their number. And you know what I what I think of Dak Prescott is? I do kind of feel like Dak Prescott is a get get to your back foot, release the ball. The Eagles were attacked over the middle of the field constantly by the Commanders in week number eight, and you would think that the Cowboys are very well equipped to do that with CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson. So those are the two guys who the Eagles need to be focused on stopping across the middle. Now, Kevin Byard was new um, to the Eagles secondary last week, and it's going to take time for him to gel. They were playing with a new slot corner. They were actually using a big slot, uh, Sidney Brown, who is a rookie safety, um, and we're still getting attacked over the middle of the field. Uh, Jahan Dotson, Jamison Crowder, Curtis Sant, Logan Thomas, all these guys crushed the Eagles across the middle of the field last week, uh, and I would anticipate that is where the Cowboys are going to focus their passing attack, CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson. Sunday night football, Joe. It's a good one. It's a great it's one. It's the Bengals and the Bills. There's a lot to talk about for both these teams, actually, because – the Bengals feels like they're kind of getting their offense back in rhythm. Burrow was fantastic coming out of the bye at San Francisco. And the Bills were a little different in their last game, Joe. I don't know why without Dawson Knox. But it was like Shakir got the yeah. ball, Gabe Davis, Don Kikade. It wasn't your 
typical Stefan Diggs game. So is this an instance of not saying Dawson Knox is a bad player, though, but is this an instance of a team that was like, well, we signed Dawson Knox. We drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round. Well, I mean, we've got to be a 12 personnel team, right? That's got to be what we do. And then Dawson Knox goes down, and they're like, oh, well, we can't we can't be a 12 personnel team anymore. We got to go to 11 personnel. And then maybe it was just an instance of the Bills outsmarting themselves this offseason because Khalil Shakir wasn't even getting snaps at the beginning of the year. They're playing Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy over him. And then they decide, all right, Knox is, let's try something different. Gabe Davis, his average depth of target goes way down. Uh, Dalton Kincaid's running routes on basically every snap. Khalil Shakir's running routes on basically every snap. And they have the, one of their most efficient offensive performances of the year. So I wonder if this is a bit of a sea change for the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, Shakir in a league where benches are deep, I wouldn't mind picking him up to see if this is something that continues even into the future when Dawson Knox gets back. So uh, an interesting change for the Buffalo Bills last week. Dalton Kincaid, by the way, is a weekly tight end one right now. He's very talented, um, and now he's getting more snaps. The Bills did sign Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, off the couch this week. And I feel like it means they want more at the goal line. They weren't getting what they wanted from Latavius Murray there. They want a guy who can maybe give them a little bit more in the passing game than Latavius Murray can in a rotation with James Cook. But the unfortunate thing here is James Cook's going to continue to be one of the empty calorie kings of fantasy football. They're not going to trust him on obvious passing downs. They're not going to trust him at the goal line. Even though I think James Cook continues to look fantastic, I'm not sure how many opportunities he's going to get on those big, high-calorie fantasy downs if the Bills are still searching for somebody to, to, to usurp that role like a Leonard Fournette. What about the Bengals and what you saw from them, Joe? Um, I know like they got off to a horrific start, but the Bengals I saw last week might have been the best team in the AFC. Like, just Joe Burrow, automatic. The defense played very well, forcing Brock Purdy into a couple of turnovers. Uh, three turnovers, as a matter of fact. Um, T. Higgins, even though his snap share wasn't 100%, he was on the rise after obviously battling through the rib injury. There were apparently trade interests from other teams around the league, which is, yeah, finally. Um, uh, but they finally got trade interest from T. Higgins, but I don't understand why the Bengals would trade one of their best players uh, at the trade deadline, and they obviously didn't. And Joe Mixon. We've been talking about him on this podcast. Ex- expected fantasy points king. Expected fantasy points underperformer. He actually follows through on his role against the 49ers. He has 110 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown on 19 opportunities. Joe Mixon, one of the RB1s in the NFL, in fantasy football, simply because of how big his role is. In football, fourth quarter is where the magic happens. Where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time and smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com sales. Joe, let's dominate Jets, Chargers, Monday Night Football. 
Oh, do we have to? Uh, look, those Jets, they just keep winning football games, Ross. And at the very least, the Jets, um, Dalvin Cook did not get traded, which he's going to be really mad about. Uh, he might end up getting cut if he's that frustrated with his role. Brees Hall, just 12 carries for 17 yards against the Giants, but he does it in the passing game with his 50-yard touchdown reception. You just got to play him every week. You just got to play Garrett Wilson every week. Those are the only two Jets I can possibly trust right now, but they're two guys who you just got to play every week. They're obviously not going to upgrade on Zach Wilson. They stuck with them, and they're and, and now they're, they're in their bed that they've made. So you play Garrett Wilson, you play Brees Hall, and then you don't worry about it. The thing that's interesting here for the Chargers is their complete lack of ability to run the football. Um, since shredding the Dolphins for over 200 yards in week one, the Chargers have really struggled on the ground. Josh Kelly had a 49-yard touchdown run against the Chiefs in week seven, on which he was virtually untouched, but you're not starting him for fantasy. Austin Eckler returned to the lineup from his high ankle sprain in week six. Um, Ross, he hasn't had a run longer than seven yards on 43 attempts. 76 of his 101 yards in that span have come after contact. So he is getting blasted in the backfield. Um, but here is a key over the last five weeks, the jets are giving up the fourth most schedule adjusted fantasy points to running backs as receivers. So that is where Austin Eckler will make his hay and continue to make his hay. And obviously we have to watch the injury status of Josh Palmer because Quentin Johnston got going a little bit in week number eight. Fantastic work, Joe. As always, I'm fired up. We got four teams on buys. So not as many games to go through. Make sure you check Joe out at FG underscore Dolan, fantasypoints.com. Use the code 23FEAST. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 